You're listening to the pre-snap podcast presented by LineStar. Insight and analysis from the minds of fantasy football experts. Fantasy football advice and strategy from two of the top minds in the game. It's time to lock it in and win. Here are your hosts, Michael Rathburn and Joe Pizapia. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizapia, and welcome to the pre-snap right here on the Lion Star app. It's me, it's Michael Rathburn, and we are breaking down week 10 in the NFL for you. It's been already a week 10 off to a fascinating start with that Thursday night football blowout of the Steelers over the Panthers. Another wacky Thursday night game. Uh, some good points for Christian McCaffrey, that's for sure. Uh, and pretty much everybody on the Steelers, that's also true. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. No, we're here to talk about Sunday and the main slate to break it all down. And we've got, uh, of course, my favorite person in the world to do it with, Michael Rathburn. How the hell are you, my friend? I'm glad to be on East Coast time. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I, I love, I'll tell you what, though, Arizona is awesome. I didn't want to leave. I would love to have gone out there a couple extra days early and a couple extra days late. But um, it's good to be back in the East Coast and, and you know, kind of uh, trying to catch up and, and figure out what in the heck happened week nine because I think, you know, one of the things I want to talk about is, and uh, I think it's an underrated piece of DFS um, play. How many people go back and look at the previous week and kind of get an assessment of the previous week and what exactly happened? I do that every single week. I look at what happened, what were the trends, is this something that's a one-off, is, it, is, it, is things going in that direction, et cetera. And one of the things that, that jumped out to me was I'm always focused on value and specifically DraftKings. And I use a 3.x, I've used a 3x barometer for the most part, except quarterback. We talked about that at the beginning of the year because the landscape of quarterback had changed. I use 3.5x value on QBs, um, or uh, what I do is I use 20 points. Now, I don't use that for quarterbacks. I do use it for all the other positions. Uh, quarterback has to be 3.5. Um, the other positions have to be 3.0 or 20. So, if, for example, if a guy was 7,300 bucks and he scored 20 points, maybe he's 2.7, 2.8. He's still got 20 points, and that does mean something. So, um, while a $9,500 player getting 20 is is not great, um, that raw point total does mean something at the end of the day, especially in cash games. So all that being said, on average, weeks one through eight, 90 players total, and that's including defenses, hit value of 3.0 or higher or the 3.5x at the quarterback spot or score 20 points, non-quarterback. Last week, week nine, only 65 players hit value. Hmm. What does that mean? That means that a lot of people had bad weeks. Right. And it's not an excuse. It's what happened. Uh, where did it happen? For the most part, every position was down slightly. Where it really got hit was wide receiver. On average, 33 wide receivers hit value in a given week. 16 hit value last week. That is talk about landmines. Well, you know, it's uh, funny because looking at what you're putting out there this week, when I was looking at pricing after we did the show and, and going through making my own lineups up, I had a lot of McCaffrey Kareem Hunt pairings, a lot of McCaffrey Camara pairings, because I was a little afraid of where the wide receiver position yep. was this week. So I decided to go 
all in running back at flex we, everywhere. And that was we have been that was, talking about it all year. And that was my big takeaway from Friday's show. And if people listened to last week's show, they were kind of on that as well. And I think when you looked at the landscape, you said, look, give me the short points. Give yeah. me the short touches this week, especially because there's a lot of, there were a lot of factors, both individual matchups, uh, team matchups, uh, streaks that were just too good to be true that had to come to an end, including Thielen's, that eventually just there was a lot of writing yeah. of the ship that was was apparently going to happen. I think it was going to happen to the extent it did, but it was pretty much obvious that there was a lot of risk there at the wide receiver position, whereas at running back, there was a lot of pure totals that you could have. And, and some of them were affordable. I mean, Kamara's price was very user-friendly. So was McCaffrey last week. Uh, so was Kareem Hunt almost to a certain extent. And once again, the wide receiver chalk of the week was a dud. Yeah. Uh, another another it, one. It's very hard to fade wide receiver chalk. It's cheap because it allows you to do so many things with lineup construction. But I'm telling you, it's not worth stepping up to a seven or an eight thousand dollar receiver. Stay in the forty five hundred. Stay in the four thousand to six thousand dollar lane, and just find opportunities where a player is stepping in because of injury. A player is, is, is in a primo matchup. Um, just, you, that's what you've got to do or find a situation where a player is mispriced. Maybe they don't have a huge ceiling, but maybe they, they've been consistent. And that's what I would focus on more than anything else is look for, and it's, it's, look, it's extremely difficult. I mean, as I'm as I'm going through it this week, uh, you know, I wrote an article <clears throat> on uh, RotoWire, and I, I basically said cash games and wide receivers are like oil in, in, in water; they don't mix. No, they don't. Uh, it's extremely difficult. Uh, I'm gonna pull up um, while we're talking, uh, and, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna drop a little bit of data. Um, drop the data, baby. There's so few. Um, there is so few wide receivers that you can count on and without pay, like you don't want to pay up. Like, look, I mean, it was nice when we had Tyler Boyd, but now Tyler Boyd is 7,500 um, or whatever he's priced at 78. Well, but this is where we're at in the NFL. I mean, even look at last night's game on Thursday night football, you see Christian McCaffrey again, just, you know, being a touchdown God, you know, three touchdowns for him. Was he up to 11 now on the year or something? Like that? I mean, it's crazy. Like where we're at right now, it's, this is the, the all-purpose running back is the focal point of the NFL, yeah. almost more to the point than even the quarterbacks have been this year. I feel like if you had to ask me what's the theme of 2018, it's the theme of the all-purpose running back. It's the smaller sure. running back. It's the undersized back. It's the Tariq Cohen. It's the Alvin Kamara. It's the Christian McCaffrey. It's these guys who are leading the charge offensively and leading the charge in fantasy because their ability to have all this volume in different ways impact the game in different ways. And when you get them in space, they become game changers literally on the field, but also in the, in the gameplay of fantasy. Yeah. Like, look, Tyler, <clears throat> I'm go. I'm looking at a chart where I have, I track the, the players that hit value, how many times they hit value, how many games they played, what this salary was, etc. Um, You know, if we start looking at wide receivers that are less than, you know, $6,000, which is tough because it's, you know, some of these guys just aren't in the slate, you know, maybe a guy like John Brown, maybe a guy like Robert Woods, uh, you know, Calvin Ridley, uh, Adam Humphreys jumps out. Uh, 
you know, Allison is now hurt, but you got uh, Scantling that's now in play. Uh, look, there's just so that's why I've been on Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett is hit value 50% of the time. His average salary is under 5,000. Look, the average wide receiver at the top is usually hitting, look, outside of Thielen, that's an anomaly. The top guys are usually five out of eight, five out of nine. Then it goes four out of eight, four out of nine, four out of seven, as far as how many times they hit value. That's 50%. You've got to figure out how many, you know, like Cooper Cup has been a good guy. Five out of seven times he's hit value, his price is still good. Cooper Cup is a really good cash game uh, wide receiver profile. You've got to figure out who the wide receivers are that can hit that um, 15 to 20 point barometer and you're paying anywhere from say four to six K. And that's about the threshold that I would say for cash games. And I know it's really, really enticing to spend up for the Julio Jones, the Michael Thomases, and things like that. But their hit rate is the same as these other guys. Right. I mean, you look at the volume of a guy like Harris last week in Washington. I mean, you just look at what's going on there. Now there's variance. Sure. Of course. Variance on a guy like Harris. Sure. And he could go out there and lay an egg and have a three. Uh, But at the same time, there seems to be windows though, where injuries have opened up opportunities. Well, that's the key. That's with Chester Rogers. We saw with Kiki Kuti. We've seen it with players that if you, if you hit those properly, and you're aware of the window, which yep. these guys are going to have the volume potential more often than not, it's been good. But then as soon as the other guys come back, we've seen it basically just drop off the map, which is also with, with wide receivers focus on projected targets divided by uh, salary divided by projected targets and get a price per target projection. And that's where you're going to find value. Don't try and focus on yardage and don't try and focus on touchdowns. Focus on projected targets and the price. And then you're basically just bargain basing. You're, you're bargain buying. And what you're hoping for is that the sum of the parts uh, and maybe one of the guys pops and the other two guys hit the floor. What you don't want is you don't want a dud. Because if you have a dud and if you have a dud in cash games right now, it puts you in a very difficult position. You have to have another player overcome that dud. Um, like a girlie has to go off for 35. A right. feeling has to go off for 35. Uh, Camara has to go off for 35. You have to have somebody go off to make up those points that you that you didn't capture. So that that would really be um, you know what we're looking at. It's um, look, man, this uh, this, this you laid it out great. The way you, the 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 math there that you laid yeah. out is is terrific, and I think that yeah. that division there of the points. Yeah, uh, me me telling price. me telling you guys how to take the approach is a hell of a lot more valuable than me trying to throw a dart at what cash game wide receiver is going to be the play. Right, a hundred percent, and and that's what makes us different, and that's why the pre snap is. I mean, a pretty damn good uh, podcast in terms of DFS, <laughs> if I do say so myself. Now, look, let's give you a little landscape too. Uh, Vegas has a lot of inflated totals, but I'm telling you right now, we're going to get into this as we break down the games. It takes two to total, baby. And and it, you got to look at these and realize some of these offenses that are just dreadful, they might not be able to help out some of these totals that are out there. I mean, some right. of these teams might just put on <laughs> cruise control at some point. As you got real, We're going to get into that, but it takes two to total, baby. Uh, let's also talk about last week, the hits, Saints, Rams, we hit. 
Bears we hit on big time. Panthers. You called uh, multiple touchdowns by Bears defense. I did. I said multiple touchdowns, but I mean, I don't want to give myself too much credit for that. You know, Nathan. No, but that's still that's No, no. I mean, no, I that, had to that's be, what screwed the. the no, but you were you were you were flat out like, listen, um, you know, you've got this game 17, 24, nothing. I actually feel strongly that we're looking at multiple yeah. touchdowns. So, look, did we know the Bears are going to smash them? Absolutely. But to say that they were going to score two touchdowns. Um, I got to, I got to at least give you, give you, I like, I like when you give me credit, it's hard. Raph is a tough grader and that's why I love Raph because you know, you gotta be really good for him to say something nice. And I, and I appreciate that. My friend, good. Thank you. Thank you very much. Panthers bucks. We nailed, we had the, uh, the one quarter Fitzpatrick, which we're always, yeah, I mean, dude, we called that game. (laughs) We called that game to a T. (laughs) I, I, I'm more proud of when we call a game than when we call a player, it's a hell of a lot hard. Look, and, and, did we know the game was going to be high scoring? Absolutely. But we went beyond that. We basically said the Panthers are going to jump out to a massive lead and it's going to be garbage time points all day long for Fitzpatrick. And that's exactly what happened. So hopefully you guys took that. Steelers Ravens is another one too. Uh, we did miss on the Falcons Redskins, but I think everybody did. Yeah. I, I don't see anybody who thought that all of a sudden the Tevin Coleman Renaissance was going to happen. And all of a sudden uh, Washington who had played so well defensively leading up and would just completely implode. And they did yep. uh, Chargers Seahawks. We were a little split about that one. Yep. Uh, yep. Mark Ingram, Deshaun Watson, you know that they were disappointed. I mean, Watson didn't Watson didn't bomb. I mean, he had like 20. I just thought he was kind of, yeah. And, and look, um, I put Cam Newton and I don't, you know, I say it's a miss, but really look, here's the thing. It wasn't when a miss. You, it just wasn't, a, it didn't live up to the expectation. Right. So when you call, we called that game exactly. We almost, I mean, I don't remember what I had for the score. We had a couple of scores that were, but it, I mean, we scary. said the Panthers were going to hit 40. We said yeah. Panthers are going to hit 40. This game is going to be crazy. And we said that, look, and we nailed the game. Mm-hmm. What we didn't nail is McCaffrey getting most of the touchdowns, the backup fullback getting a touchdown and Cam. I'm glad that got reinforced last night too, by the way, that yeah. like, it wasn't, it's not another was one offs. This is it going forward. It's the Christian McCaffrey show and everybody needs to realize that. Now, that being said, looking ahead to this week, before we get to the breakdowns, we've got main slate. That's got no Baltimore, no Denver, no Houston, no Minnesota, all on buys, Carolina, Pittsburgh, Giants, San Fran, Dallas, Philly, all off the main slate, which means, Obviously, we know the quarterbacks are not available now. That means no Wentz, no Cousins, Watson, Cam, Big Ben. The running backs that are out there, we lost the McCaffrey points potential. We, you know, Barkley's off the slate. Wide receivers, you're losing Beckham, Brown, Juju, Hopkins, some big time guys there. So this is really yeah. I think that's where we're getting we're getting hammered. Remember we're last getting week, hammered, but- and I'm telling you right now, Rap. I, I don't know you, but I am sticking with the same thing I thought last week, and almost more to the point. It's running back heavy. It's pulled from the ground up, literally, and wide receivers, you know, it's going to be these guys like the Mike Williams who might catch one ball for a touchdown every week. (laughs) And like, I'm fine with that value right now. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting example. He's um, he's a polarizing player this week. Uh, He is, but you know what? In tournaments, I'm willing to take that against Oakland. I'm willing to take that shot. Look, we're going to hit a break because we're over already. But when we come back, we're going to start breaking down these games week 10 style. It's the pre-snap right here. We'll be right back after this. The pre-snap podcast is brought to you by LineStar. Transparent projections, simplified research, advanced signals, and top-rated apps. Dominate DFS. Download for free at LineStarApp.com. All right, let's get at it, and let's get to the Redskins at Bucks. That's opened at minus one. Now it's minus three. The total opened at 51.5. It's now it's 51. 
look, Redskins came off a just complete implosion on defense last week. Now we'll see if they come back a little bit and have a little self-respect for themselves, but this is no cakewalk either because Tampa is an offense that is willing to make mistakes, willing to throw the ball downfield, willing to do all that stuff. Evans was disappointing. Obviously last week uh, we talked about Harris, who was probably the lone bright spot for the Washington Redskins. So with so many injuries and all this kind of catching up with them, how do you see this one playing out from a fantasy perspective? So, I mean, look, we've talked about the Bucks stats like ad nauseum. And so I didn't want to continue to throw that out there. We, we know what they are and the game last week certainly lived up to the billing. I don't see any difference here except for the fact that you got to remember Redskins have a lot of uh, injuries at the wide receiver spot. Um, but Harris has stepped up. You got Doxon in play. You still got the tight ends there. You still got Adrian Peterson. Um, offensive line is an issue that, you know, the Redskins like to play ground, ground, you know, ground, grind out, however you want to say it. Uh, but I don't we, know if they'll be allowed to do that. No, well, we saw last week what the Falcons did to them. The Falcons play yeah. high tempo and they dictated pace on the road. Um, now the Redskins have to go on the road. And the Bucks are going to be able to dictate pace in this game. And uh, I don't think the Redskins are going to be able to keep up. I've got it. Bucks 34, Redskins 30. I love this score. I, I, I even think you're giving the Redskins a little too much offensive credit, unless it's like a Perhaps. touchdown at the end. Perhaps. You know, I, 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 Bucks I, D, I that Bucks D is just dreadful. I, mean, I know, I know. And, but um, look, um, I think I'm all over, I all over Fitzpatrick. Close. I mean, Fitzpatrick and cash is uh is certainly a, a good thing in, on both FanDuel and DraftKings this week. I is he think. tournament two or just cash? He's tournament two because I don't think there's anybody this week at the quarterback position. See, that's I agree. I'm yeah. glad you said but that Mahomes, because that was my Mahomes thought. is really the only guy where you can think is going to have like, and he's got a bad matchup this week. So there's a it's it's really um, see, it's um, like Philip Rivers and Matt Ryan are the guys that I think are, are you know already in the top of my but no one I don't think anyone you know looking at the early projections it doesn't look like anybody is going to be above 12 percent at quarterback so it's going to be a pretty pretty flat uh ownership so you All don't right. really worry about it let's do Saints at Bengals Saints coming off a huge win there against the uh, Rams who were undefeated but aren't anymore big game from Kamara this opened up at minus four now it's minus five and a half there uh, they're traveling, obviously, to Cincinnati this week. Total opened up at 55. Now it's 54. Look, I mean, it's a big win for them. Uh, now they're adding Des Bryant to the mix, but this is not really, I don't think, anything you're going to worry about in the early offing. But uh, no A.J. Green. This puts concerns for me with Tyler Boyd. And I'm not trying to knock Tyler Boyd. I think he's terrific. Right. Certainly, you can make the argument there's more volume. But I, at that, I don't know. I think his upside is limited. Because I think what you're able to do in the Saints defense has played very well here in the last. I mean, I know they gave up a lot of points, but they played much better since earlier in the season. I'm concerned with all the Bengals in this one because I think AJ Green out of that offense really all of a sudden allows for a lot more focus on Mixon and a lot more focus on Boyd. And when you do that, I don't know. I think that puts a lot of stress on Andy Dalton. Yeah, and uh, I don't. I didn't recommend Andy Dalton this week, and I know some people are on him, but uh, I'm not on him. Uh, I don't like that at all. Yeah, I, 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 the biggest thing for me is that no, and way. it's not a contrary play. I think that's just a bad investment. Yeah, uh, I don't. You know, I'm not a fan of taking a quarterback when, unless it's like Aaron Rodgers, where he can overcome injuries at the wide receiver position because his talent is just so good. Um, uh, Andy Dalton can't overcome that. So um, even though it's at home, it's a high total. 
I've got the game Saints 30 to 27. I might back off the Bengals a little bit at the 27. I mean, that might be more of a late touchdown kind of thing. I the biggest thing for me of why I got the game the Saints winning by three is I don't I don't know if I trust Lane five and a half on the road with the Saints coming off of this win. See, I, I I definitely think there's a there's a possibility where not not flat but a little yeah. sluggish. Uh, yep. That's a lot yep. of emotion in those games, and it's always hard yeah. to pump the air back into the bubble. You know? We could be looking at a fourteen ten halftime. You know, or yeah. 13, oh, I, I definitely think halftime. You're gonna look. Yep. You could even see a a weird like ten seven halftime. Yeah. You're like what yeah, the hell is this? I could see it. And then adjustments, you know, all of a sudden start flying everywhere. Yep. So that that's a game. I know that's, I agree with that one. All right. Pats and Titans Pats on a really good role here. Defense playing much better, really getting some pass rush. You saw they collapsed the pocket on Sunday night against Aaron Rodgers, uh, And they open at minus seven. It's gone to minus six and a half, which I, I don't know why that's moved personally. I don't, I think that's stupid. Uh, total opened at 46 and a half. I'll tell you what, man, I will, I will certainly go. Uh, I'll take, you know, that six and a half number I think is ridiculous because uh, although I want to give the Titans credit for being a tough physical defense and right. I, I just, I do think it, you're nuts to think that Tom Brady is not going to find a way to put more than seven on this team. I'm sorry. It's just the way that, that like, it's, yeah. So no, I hear you're giving you. Tom Brady too many chances is what I'm saying. So some, what I do with all these games is I look at what the Vegas projected totals are, you know, based on, you know, right. based on this and so I look at it and I say, and your total, I love, by the way, for this game, I think this total does, is spot does, does, does the individual team total make sense? Does the game score make sense? Can I picture the game being that? So the projected game is like 26, 20, 27, 20. And right away I say, I don't see it. I don't see the Titans getting to 20 and not at all. I know the Patriots defense isn't the greatest, but this Titan offense is garbage. Their wide receivers are banged up. I don't trust Mariota at all. I don't think they can put points on the board. Uh, And the Patriots smell blood. The Patriots are an organization that when they get rolling, they are not the kind of organization that has these weird hiccups. If you take a good look at the Patriots record from Halloween on over the last decade, Interesting. It, it, they are one of these teams that once they get rolling, it's, yeah. it's don't stand on the tracks when the train's coming through. And right yeah. now no, they've beaten right. Kansas city, yep. Patrick Mahomes, they've beaten green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. They put up some big time W's in the last month. And this isn't, they're not going to, they're not going to lose focus here. Right. So I hear you. Yep. I'm good at 27, 13. Um, we'll talk about what I potentially like in this. I don't obviously like anybody on the Titan side. I know a lot of people are talking up Dion Lewis, the narrative. No, please. The fact that he's getting that, a ton of snap. that is the yeah. dumbest narrative think, I've ever heard. I think Dion Lewis is a trap this week. Um, Huge trap. I think, I think the running backs of the Patriots are interesting. Um, look, everybody, you know, Gronk is projected as the number two owned tight end. I can't do it. Oh, that's insane! And and Cordero Patterson, look, it's a. Would you saw he looked like he looked like a, a throwback Stephen Jackson running the football the other day. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's crazy, man. But that's how the Patriots roll, man. Yeah. It's like, hey, Troy Brown, go play cornerback. Hey, Cordero Patterson, go play running back. I mean, that's what they do. Yep. You know, it's just it's crazy how it works, but it just does. All right, let's go over uh, Falcons Browns. Uh, look, this one minus three and a half now minus six and a half. The total opened up at fifty and a half. Falcons came off a huge uh, that was a that was a big time win for them. They needed that win in the worst way. Julio finally got in the end zone last week. Uh, look, I'm looking at this one. And, and although the one thing I can take out of this game last week for the Browns was the Duke Johnson volume, Duke Johnson getting some work in the slot. 
And if we all know Duke Johnson is the kind of player, and even though Chubb got 20 plus carries, I think it was 22 if memory yeah. serves, even though Duke Johnson is the kind of back that gives the Falcons fits. So uh, I think he has a big opportunity. in this oh, yeah. And I like how your score is a little closer than people might think. Yeah. So <clears throat> I can't like that line move at three points to me is crazy. I don't think there's any justification for laying that amount of points on the road, especially non-conference. I no way I can't do it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns find a way to win this game 31-30. The only reason I'm not picking the Browns to win the game outright is because of how hard the Falcons played last week. Um, look, they're 4-4. Four and four. This team is not, you know, I know we talked, remember, remember early in the season and they were like 1-4 or whatever, or maybe, maybe I forgot, maybe, you know, 1-3 or whatever they were. And it was like, hey, listen, this, this team realizes that, was it the Steeler game? And I said, listen, this is it. They're going up to Pittsburgh. They're going to get smoked. And this is just not the spot for them. And that's what happened. The Falcons, look, in the games that they should be competitive, they're competitive and they win. They're now four and four. Uh, do you think these guys are giving up? They're not giving up. They're not giving up. I mean, they're, they're you know, they're playing hard. Mm -hmm. And well, because I'd they're like, young and they don't know they, any better. They put up 38 points at Washington last week. Uh, that's impressive. That, that really, you know, for me. And look, Cleveland hung around. Cleveland did hang with the Chiefs and just got to the point where, listen, it's the Chiefs. They just didn't have enough, you know, ammunition at the end of the day. Um, I like, uh, you know, I've got it Falcons 30. I think this is a wide open fun. Yeah, it could yeah. potentially get up there a little bit more. Look, I think Mayfield is very interesting. No that one total of 50 and a half. I'm taking the over on this. Yeah. One so sure. that yeah, is, this I, is very over the week for me game. I think this game could get into the mid fifties and even 58. 59. No, I the easy. This is the easiest one for me. Maybe the Patriots. <laughs> this one's easy. All right, let's get to the Cardinals at chiefs which I know you look at this one now and people will say, oh, blow out whatever it is. But that means, just like last week, the Cardinals have to do their part. Right. Now, the Chiefs defense has played better. This has opened up at minus 17. That's a huge, huge number. Now it's down to minus 16 and a half. Still a huge, huge number. Total opened up at 50. Look, I know they're coming off a bye. I know there were some small glimmers of hope there with Fitzgerald and with uh, DJ and all that stuff, maybe going in the right direction. But I, I don't know. I mean, I guess the question, my biggest question for you, Raph, is can the Cardinals do enough to get this total to 50? And I have concerns about that. Yeah, I don't see it. Um, I originally had a 34-10. I bumped it up to 34-13, just figuring that maybe they just kicked field goals early in the game just because – um, card look, this, 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 this bad, no, it's a bad spot. I mean, really, really what this comes down to is you have to really kind of think that they've gotten Spencer Ware a little bit more involved recently. And it wouldn't shock me if, if, you know, I certainly love hunt, uh, this week, but it wouldn't shock me if Ware gets a lot of play, if they've got a huge lead. So that's a good point. I could, you know, now I this is a game where I could see them. They're going to run the ball down their throat and maybe hit a couple of deep. They, I think they're going to take some deep shots with Hill just to, just to get some chunk plays. But I think this is going to be a heavy run for the chiefs. There's really no reason for them to play wide open in this spot. They can run it down their throat on I, the Cardinals. Aren't they're going to jump early on them. It's going to be ugly early. 
I could see it. I could see them jumping up 14 nothing real quick and then real just, just putting it in cruise control. Yeah. Bills at Jets. Uh, Bills minus eight, now minus seven. The total up at 36 and a half. But there's oh, been some. Sorry, food. Jets. Jets are favored. That's my fault. Oh, I'm sorry. Jets are favored. Yeah, that's that's what. It, yeah, I thought so. So there are about that. Um, but the Jets favored minus eight, now minus seven. You got Josh McCown playing in this one because Darnold is out, quote unquote, you know, with his little injury and the bye week. It's kind of, yeah. you know, I've been saying on the Black Book podcast, yeah. which is my other show, and also on All In Sports, which I host with Jake Seeley. And Chris Meany, I've been saying all week about this. I'm like, last week, I was like, look, it's time to give Darnold a break, let him reset. And now all of a sudden, here he is not playing this week. And right. I'm like, okay, there we go. Because it's a perfect time to do it. Go Give him a little breather. I, I applaud the kid that you can't shake his confidence, but maybe you need to, you know, get back to a little bit of film work and sit back and hold the clipboard, son, and watch a little. So I guess the question is, how does the McCown, because we saw last year him have some moments, how does that change impact what we originally thought of this game? Because originally I thought, well, hell, Bill's defense has some turnover opportunity here potentially with Darnold when they might be sneaky, but now I don't know so much. So how do you see this one working out? Ugly. <laughs> well, you're the 13-10 uh, final in this one. I just... So let's just go past it. 13-10, yeah. I mean, that sounds about right to me. Maybe like 16 16 10 or 16 9 could be like a field goal fest so yeah look at how that dolphin jets game started playing last week and look at what look at this the, could be a worse version of can't that. even get to 10 i mean it's yeah just, whoever scores a special teams touchdown wins this game that's what I'm right now. yeah some busted play and, yeah some wacky yeah. thing like that all right let's go skip to the lions of bears bears opened up at minus seven now six and a half khalil max for back for this one total opened up at 46 now down to 44 we know all the, you know, Stafford 10 sacks last week. I mean, just just poor Matt Stafford just on his back. I would imagine you get a little bit more LeGarrette Blunt on the field to help out with the blocking schemes because this is not a better situation this week, okay? If anything, it's worse. And I'm looking at this one, and I guess I know a lot of people were disappointed in Jones and Galladay. I think there's potential for a bounce back here. I also think there's huge potential for Tariq Cohen in this game. I, we all know how bad Detroit is against the run. Does that mean Howard too, or is it going to be both or one or the other? How do you see that shaking out? Yeah, I, I just don't trust Jordan Howard at all. I mean, last week is what it is. It was against the Bills. That's like the one spot that you would think that he would do well in. But um, it's Cohen is uh, when he's good, he's good. And when they use him, you know, you got to hope he breaks off a big play too, which he certainly can. But, um, yeah, if I'm going anywhere with the Bears running back situation in this game, it's certainly going to be on the uh, on the Cohen side. I don't really like anybody in this game, maybe outside of Marvin Jones based on price and uh, obviously Bears defense as well. So um, I don't think I'll own anybody on the Bears offense, though. Yeah, uh, I, I think Cohen is the one guy that I – I have some hope for, and it's funny too. It's gonna, I think real quick. I think the the Vegas projected total is certainly um, uh, it's at forty four. I've got the game at forty one. I've got it twenty four seventeen. So just slightly on both sides under. Well, it's funny because Trubisky's coming off a down week too, but Trubisky at home I and mean, his ability to use his legs too. I think this might yeah. be a sneaky game where all of a sudden people kind of got off the Trubisky wagon. 
where they got scared off with the with yeah, the it's a division. Game. It's a division game, so I think that the Lions get back up for the game. Oh, they definitely get back but, up, and they're definitely Patricia's going to take the whipping stick to them for sure after how they looked in this one, especially on that line. Uh, Jaguars at Colts. <clears throat> Colts opened up at minus three, a total of forty-seven and a half now at forty-seven flat. Look, uh, you get Leonard Fournette back in this game, and I keep saying if Fournette comes back in this game, he touches the ball 18 times without a doubt. And I say that because you haven't waited all this time to put him in this game and then limit him. I, I'm sorry. I just don't think that's the path to victory for the Jaguars. I think Marone's the kind of guy that is, um, for better or for worse, thinks this way. And I think it goes right back to the Leonard Fournette show. What say you, Ra? Oh, he's got to stay healthy. Um, I don't know, man. They traded for Carlos Hyde, so I would tend to think in yellow. I, don't I think know, that man. Carlos Hyde was a clear message signal. That's it. Yeah. I think that was like, Leonard, get your ass on the field or else. I think that's all that well, I think it was like, hey, if we lose this guy for the year. Well, look, I'm not saying you want to start him. I'm just saying that might impact a little bit of how this game flows. That's all I'm saying. Because if they try to control the ball on the ground, which I, th- I think is the way to beat Andrew Locke, because Andrew Locke's been very good. Here's, yeah, here, so here's an interesting stat. All right. The Lay first thing, when I, when, I, when, that, when I saw that total, I thought to myself, wow, there's a Jacksonville game with a total over like 44, because um, that's pretty rare. Now, earlier in the year, when Kansas City was at home against Jacksonville, it was minus three KC. And the total was 48, and it went under the total at uh, 30 to 14. Do you know that they have not had a total anywhere near 47 over their last 30 games? I mean, these totals, the highest one is 45 and a half against the Patriots. Uh, And then they had a 48 and a half against Indy. January 1st of 2017, it was 24-20. The game went under the total, 48 and a half. This is uncharted territory, um, and it's the Jags. Now you got it at 50, this total. No, nah, it should have been 47, I believe. Uh, hold on. Now you got 27-23. No, 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 but the Vegas total. Oh, Vegas oh, total. Yeah, okay. Vegas total is 47. Right. I've got it. Colts 27, Jags 23. I think this is a very interesting spot for Luck and uh, Hilton uh, or or maybe uh, Inman uh, or Ebron. Ebron's price on DraftKings has been slashed to 3500 So I think that's very interesting. Uh, I think the Colts are super sneaky. They're at home. The total is high. This is not – look, I know the Jaguars as a whole have been good as far as when you look at the, when you look at the sum, and they've certainly got a – They've been difficult to go to go against, but listen, this is not the same Jaguars defense. This is a lot like what we saw last year with the Broncos, where we just thought the Broncos were this elite defense that couldn't be touched, but they had so many internal issues with the coaches, with the players. And if you look at what the Denver Broncos defense did the last 10 weeks, they got smoked. Quarterbacks killed them. Receivers killed them. I can see the same thing happening with the Jaguars. No A.J. Bouye. This team hasn't gotten right. I don't think they're going to get right here. I've got the Colts winning 27-23. And I think it's a very interesting spot for Andrew Luck. All right, we're going to hit a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the late games on the slate. Another potential blowout here. 
and also a bounce back we're looking for. You're listening to the pre-snap right here on the Lion Star app. Joe and Raph will be right back right after this. The pre-snap podcast is brought to you by LineStar. Transparent projections, simplified research, advanced signals, and top-rated apps. Dominate DFS. Download for free at LineStarApp.com. All right, welcome back, everybody. Let's get at it again. Week 10 late games. Let's start with the Chargers at Raiders. Chargers open up at minus 10. Uh, (laughs) I think that's a joke. I'd like to take uh, that in all events. Um, uh, total open up at 50 and a half. Now it's 50. That's where I struggle. Again, it takes two to total, right? So the Chargers, I, don't, I have no doubt they're going to put up points. The Raiders, I have some serious questions about that. I really do. So uh, take me through your thoughts on this one, because I, I know everyone, you know, say, well, you know, after the Moens game, maybe they have some self-respect for themselves. No, they just don't have the personnel to have any respect for themselves and it's getting worse and i think that locker room is just completely thrown in the towel yeah totally agree um i thought the game i certainly have it have the charges winning by a bunch and scoring a bunch um I, i've kind of scaled back on the raiders projection just remembering back to that horrible thursday night game against the niners i mean it was just probably the most pitiful performance uh that we've seen all year by any team and certainly the raiders have had a lot of them uh Look, the Chargers, for me, showed me a lot winning at Seattle last week and winning pretty convincingly. Um, I thought that was a big win for them. Um, look, they're they're neck and neck right now with the Chiefs. They have to continue to win. The Chiefs have, obviously, an easy game this week that they, they're probably going to win. Uh, and the Chargers got to maintain and keep. Now, the thing is, I think the reason why this line is 10 is because it's a division road game and – there is some still some juice on the Raiders from the public. The Raiders are still a public team as bad as they are. Look, the line in that Raiders 49ers game went from what the Niners were favored by three to the Raiders favored by three because of Mullins and they got crushed. So there's still people out there that are going to throw money on the Raiders because they're moving to Vegas. They're in LA, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Oakland, wherever they play. Um, I've got it Chargers 38-13, which is right at the total of 50. Uh, so it's one point over. Certainly it could be 38-10. The game could go under, but the bottom line is this. I don't see any value on the Raiders in this week in the spot. I see a ton of value on the Chargers. When I say value, I mean, look, they're going to be heavily owned. They're going to be the chalk this week. Um, Rivers, I I want, Rivers, I mean, Allen, Williams, Tyrell. Yeah, load up. Gordon, uh, just load up. Back up the truck, load up the Chargers, um, because uh, they're not going to show any mercy against the Raiders. No, they're, they're, not, they're not calling off the dogs. No, nope. they're, they're up. They're up thirty-four ten. Rivers is still going to be chucking. Gordon's still going to be running. They they are not going to let the foot off the gas until they I get agree. thirty point lead. I agree. Speak. Take him to church, Rathburn. All right, let's talk about uh, the Rams hosting the Seahawks. Obviously, coming off their first loss is a bounce-back game here where they got to get right, which they will, I think. The Rams minus 10. Total opened up at 51.5. Now it's 51. Look, projected score here, you can go bounce back what you think, but it's uh, the Rams are still the Rams. This loss on the road does not shake me from my notion of the Rams. And I think, if anything, they come out a little ferocious and a little ticked off that they lost that. But in a way, I feel like there's a little bit of relaxation too because I always feel like, the longer you go undefeated, the more tight the team gets. 
Now that's done. Now you're like, okay, well, that's done. Now let's go out there and make sure we solidify that number one spot because now we really got to get to work to get that number one spot. So my question for you is, can the Seahawks kind of keep this one close at all and make this a game? I think they can. Uh, <clears throat> um, Seahawks, look, they, they, you know, they did, they did disappoint last week, but it's a division game. They played them really tough in Seattle. Um, the Rams certainly have the ability to come out there and put up 40 points. Uh, but I don't think the Seahawks defense is going to let that happen. Uh, so look, the Rams are pretty much a lock for 30 every week, but I think the Seahawks uh, offense is going to be able to move the ball and going to be able to score. Uh, and I think Russell Wilson is, is, you know, enough of a guy where he's just going to be able to keep this game close. I don't see the Rams like just coming out and just opening up a 21, nothing lead. So I can certainly see this game, you know, being within seven to 10 points most of the way but the Rams really kind of being in control of the game. So I've got it Rams 33 Seahawks 27. That means the game would go over the total by nine. And um, I think I that's a good total. Cause I, I think Russell Wilson will do everything he can here to keep this one. It's almost, impo it's almost impossible to keep the Rams under 30. And so look, you know, it's impossible, but I also think at the same time, the Rams continue to show that they kind of, you know, they're, they're susceptible. You can score, you can score on them. You can score on them. You know, you really can. So uh, I don't think they can outscore the Rams. No, no, absolutely. Score on the Rams. No, and that's no. the difference. All yep. right. Dolphins at Packers. This opened up at minus 10 uh, total of 47 and a half. Uh, Dolphins, obviously a terrible performance against the jets. Uh, Tannehill looming to come back here. Uh, Packers though. I mean, they should go and win this one handily. This is at home. This should be Packers getting right. So the question is, how does this go getting right for them? Is this just Aaron Rodgers spreading the ball all over? Or is there yeah. a matchup where you think that they can exploit and they're going to lean on? Yeah, I mean. Uh, it feels like more of a spreading out kind of thing, personally. Yeah. And it feels like I, Stantling will have a one-off touchdown. Adams will have his. Like, I don't see one guy being the guy. I think it's just going to be spread it around and, and pick him apart, basically. Yeah, I could see that. And I also could see both running backs getting a piece here. Uh, Aaron Jones is a guy I think you got to look at in tournaments just because he's gotten uh, a, a bump up in snaps and volume over the last two weeks. And the Dolphins run D is one of the worst in the league. So if they, you know, if Jones gets a shot to break through, he could certainly, you know, remember that game that carry on had a few weeks ago mm -hmm. uh, against this, this same Dolphins team. I think yep. it could be a similar type of spot for Aaron Jones. I agree. I agree. So don't, don't get shy on the fumble. Don't worry about it. Things will be fine. Are you concerned all with Williams in that game too? Eating in. Yeah, I'm not going to have any. I, I do. I do think having a piece of Aaron Jones uh, makes a lot of sense, uh, but I'm not going to be on Jamal Williams. I'll, I'll take a shot on Aaron Jones though. All right. Line star app. You can click on it, each player and see the results for each game going along with what they scored. The metrics used for current projections. They got everything you can imagine to sort players by everything. Love, hated salary, projected points, value, salary comps, everything. We've got it right here on the Lions star app. Make sure you're downloading it and using it and also checking the site as well. Let's talk to uh, some pricing changes before we hit a break. We've got on DK, we've got Camara going up 1400. That's a big bump. Last week, he was a great value this week. You got to pay the fiddler thousand dollar bump for OJ Howard and Chubb rightfully. So especially OJ Howard, I could see him being very active in this one. Mike Davis, Duke Johnson getting bumps. Still love Duke. Hunt and Gordon up 800, Maurice Harris up 600, but still relatively cheap. Aaron Jones up 600 and Coleman up 600. So 
of all these guys that have risen, who's still a good value or two that really pops you? You're like, yep, you know what? You got to pay more, but it's worth it. To me, it's Duke right away and yeah. Maurice Harris. Those are my two. Yeah, definitely. Look, I, there was a lot of pricing changes this week. There's more That's pricing fun. changes. Yeah, I think it's relevant to know, you know, who went up, who went down, and how much. I tried to limit this to only relevant players that are in consideration for for lineups. But um, yeah, look, you know, a guy, a guy going, you can absorb a thirty seven hundred dollar player going to forty six hundred a hell of a lot easier than an eighty one hundred dollar player going to eighty nine hundred. I mean, it's just tough when you get up into that higher tier. Um, you know, the player's performance nearly really needs to exceed. Uh, their current average, whereas a guy like Duke can, you know, kind of put up what he did last week or even a little bit less than last week and still be okay. So, um, yeah, love the Duke Johnson. Love Mike Davis certainly is in an interesting spot as well. Um, so those would be the two guys I'd be looking at. Uh, right. on, on DraftKings, you got Mike Evans going down 1,100, Jared Cook doing, going down 1,000, carry on 900 minus, minus 800 for Jordy, bleh, minus 700 for Carr, Cohen, and Hill. Uh, look, I'm looking at this and I know there's a lot of people disappointed last week in Mike Evans. Does that mean, does that scream opportunity for you or you gotta take advantage of when guys cross over a certain pricing threshold. And the fact that, you know, I think like whenever, the, whenever a guy um, is less than 8,000 and he's an elite wide receiver, I think that's kind of when the green light goes off. And so when it comes to Evans, I'm pulling it up now. He is at a, he's all the way down at 7,000. So uh, on DraftKings, he's 7,500 on FanDuel. Um, look, I, I'm get, the only thing I know is, did they adjust this thinking that Josh Norman was covering him? Because he, that's a significant drop. It's a significant drop. And they never, <laughs> they never drop elite wide receivers. Never. It's, it's, a, so, it's a weird one where I'm just pointing out there, kids. Keep yeah. an eye on it. All right, FanDuel yeah. side, plus 1,200 for Maurice Harris, plus 1,000 for Jamal Williams, plus 800 for Kamara, 700 for uh, Coleman, MVS, Mike Davis, and Aaron Jones, plus 600 for Baldwin. Baldwin, though, dealing with that injury again. I don't know, man. He's like, every time you think it's safe to go back in the Doug Baldwin water, no. I, it scares me off. No. I can't do it. He's just not healthy enough. Yeah. Uh, over on the negative side, Cohen and Peterson get dropped. On the FanDuel side, what's the one price advantage people should really take awareness of? Um, I, I think I think Scantling for 700 yeah. more is still a guy that I would go in on. Yep. Because it's yep. still cheap. It's a cheap yeah. $700 bump. That's how I look at it. So. Yep. Yep, it's a hell of a lot easier to swallow that one than it is $800 Camaro bump. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's set a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about each position here, uh, the values, the fades, everything right here in the pre-snap. We'll be right back right after this. All right, let's start a quarterback here as we go through on the pre-snap, uh, breaking the games down for you. Now let's get into the players. Uh, better value on DraftKings, Rathburn says Mahomes. Uh, basically, he's saying they're daring you to play him. <laughs> at 72 versus the 9,800 over on FanDuel. Uh, Ryan and Brady, uh, I love the Ryan play this week too. Brady, you know, it's always tricky because you just never know how they're actually going to score. That's where it gets tricky. Uh, he'll have a good day, but the actual touchdowns, if it's rushing, however it works out. Uh, Fitzpatrick, better value on FanDuel. We kind of touched on him already. Uh, let's let's go to the running backs because uh, better values on DK. Sony Michelle, 
Coleman, and Eckler. I'm not feeling the Eckler. Uh, sell me on if, if if I'm right or wrong on this one because I just feel like it's all Melvin Gordon this week. Well, if they get up big, it could end up leaning on Eckler. I think that's where the um, that's where the uh, feeling is, and I could certainly see it. Um, Eckler is a guy, you know, a lot like Terry Cohen, and uh, you know when he has those, he's 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 been underpriced all year. And so that's really been the attractiveness. Um, I mean, Gordon crushes value every single week. He's only had one game um, that he played because he did miss a game. He had the one game against the Raiders early on where he only put up 16. Otherwise, he's put up 22 points in every single game. And he's hit at least four times value in four out of uh, seven games. Eckler hasn't done a lot recently. Eckler had three pretty good games this year. Look, Eckler had one huge game against the Kansas city chiefs week one, but for the most part, he's been a guy that is a 10 to 13 point game guy. Um, that's not huge. It's, but here's the thing that his price never moves and you really need like a three X value out of him because you're paying, yeah. you need a little bit more than that. Maybe. But it's a very interesting spot in that if you think that he gets some screen work late in the game or some carries, he certainly could exceed the 10, 11, 12 points that he normally gets and get into like 15, 16. So that's kind of what I'm looking at there. All right. Uh, are you worried about the Michelle health? Um, a little bit. But look, um, I think the reason I put him on there is every, they dropped the, they slashed the price and everybody's off him. Um, these aren't necessarily recommendations. Oh, these no, they're just more, values. Right? Like this guy's price is severely reduced. It's, it's value versus investment. This is, yeah. uh, we had this discussion a couple and weeks ago. And these are pretty much like GPP type plays too. For the All right, wide receiver, DraftKings uh, values, Inman, Maurice Harris, and Hilton. On FanDuel, the better values are Cup, Julio, and Boyd. I agree certainly with the Cup one for sure. Uh, tight end, you know, Cup's another of these guys I feel like just gets lost in the shuffle of that offense, but every week he's... Uh, He's a pretty darn good lineup builder. Uh, tight end, a better values on DK. You got Watson, Ebron, and Hooper. Better values on FanDuel, Howard, and Joku, and Kelsey. I look at Kelsey on FanDuel, and I say to myself, looking at the tight end, I'm willing to pay up in a lot of spots for Kelsey this week. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean... Because he got no Ertz. Gronk yeah, is and if they're not going to go crazy with Hill, and Watkins probably isn't going to play... Um, so I'm, I'm on board with Kelsey this week. I I'm either know. going up to Kelsey or I'm going yeah. down to Njoku. I feel it's like just hard. It's hard for me to get off Howard, man. Howard's just been a beast. No, that's fair. It's certainly fair enough. All right. The defense is the better values, the jets, Pats and Rams better values on FanDuel, Redskins, bills, Cardinals, uh, Cardinals are down to 2,500, but still, you know, it's look, it's, it's not going to be yeah. a good total for them. All right. Let's, uh, let's get to some of the quarterbacks here. And let's start with the chalk is going to be Fitzpatrick and golf uh, less than 10% owned Rogers, Ryan and rivers. We talked about Ryan rivers before the real question is Mahomes. Are he seems to be the big fate of the week. Tell me why. And is it because just the game script of running out the football? Is that where you're going? Yeah. Um, look, the 7,200 price on DK, like I said, it's, there's no way I'm playing on FanDuel or what, 9,800 or whatever the, nut, the nutty price is. But at 7,200, man, it's like, 
the guy, the guy who just wakes up out of bed and puts up 25 points. So, you know, it's just really hard for, for me to think that, you know, he's not going to get at least 25. Um, so again, at 7,200, it's, it's not bad, but the, the fade is mostly on FanDuel. All right, let's go over to the running backs. <clears throat> and I would definitely agree with that. The fade on FanDuel, it's just, it's, you don't have, I mean, there's just no reason you could love the chiefs and not have Mahomes in the lineup this week because the, the guys like rivers and Ryan who are out there who are much more fr- user-friendly priced. Uh, the chalk for running back is hunt Gurley, Gordon Kamara, Duke Johnson. And I'm fine with Gordon. I'm fine with Duke Johnson as well. Uh, let's go to the 10% owned Dion Lewis, uh, white. I love Dion. I love white this week. I don't think we've been talking enough about him potentially in this one, Mike Davis, Aaron Jones, Peterson, Sony, Michelle fading, David Johnson, Mixon and Fournette. Now I can understand the Fournette and the Mixon one. We talked about that. Are you still fading David Johnson as potentially the focal point coming out of the buy of this offense? You, you think it's just not a good enough price still to even worry about because it's the potential to score is just not there. Yeah, I mean, look, um, his price is cheap and the matchup is good. And I see a lot of people recommending him, um, but I, I just can't do it. So, you know, that's that's the thing is I just I I just don't trust them to be able to score. Yeah, it's it's where you got to shake the whole idea of it's a good player. That's a great player with a big time name with a lower price. But again, a good value doesn't make them a good investment. All right, we're going to hit one more break here. And we're going to talk about the wide receivers, tight ends, and defense, plus the deem ownership. We come back. You're listening to the pre-snap. We'll be right back. More after this. The pre-snap podcast is brought to you by LineStar. Take your DFS game to a whole new level. Build winning lineups with the best tools on the market. Download now at LineStarApp.com and start winning. All right, let's get at the wide receivers. And let's get at the chalk wide receivers. We got Thomas Boyd, Mike Williams, Allen, Velda Scantling, Hill, Adams, uh, Tyrell Williams, and Evans. Now, looking at this one, I mentioned Mike Williams earlier, Valdez Scantling earlier. Those are two guys. I want to talk about Tyree Kill a little bit more because Tyree Kill here, uh, again, he doesn't have to touch the ball a million times to make an impact. Do you think there's enough opportunity here in this game, even if it is more of a well, let's let's run the football in a little bit more control because they get up early. If you think they get up early, there's a good chance Tyreek Hill is part of that, right, Raph? Mm, I don't know. It still could be them just marching down the field and just it could be a lot of um, Hunt and Kelsey and, you know, so I... All right, so you're a little the, scared. The, That's the, fine. The thing is if Watkins doesn't go, which it sounds like he's not going to, then that kind of is a is a variable that I didn't really take into consideration maybe like a day or two ago. Mm-hmm. And maybe that kind of puts Hill off of the fade um and back into and back into play. So I think if Walk and it sounds like Watkins isn't gonna go. So now you're um, fading Mike Williams and Tyreek Hill in this group. We'll get to the ten percent owned in a second. The thing is like Hill Hill's got those crazy splits where he just goes nuts on the road. And you know, look, wide receivers in games where there's like a huge favorite that recipe usually doesn't play well that's usually a running scenario so you know when i look at that it's like you know you typically want wide receivers in games where there's going to be back and forth scoring and that's certainly not going to be the case this week all right a less than 10 percent owned julio cup and marvin jones now i gotta say the julio one surprises me because i think 
when you take a lot of these wide receivers, you know, no Thielen, no Antonio Brown, there's no D hop, no, yeah. all those guys out of there. And Julio coming off a game where he finally scored a touchdown and it's a good matchup this week. I think that number is going to be over 10. I really do. Yeah. And that could change, but um, yeah. you know, a couple sources that I look at did have them uh, right around nine. So, um, and I, I think because it's right around there, you're yeah. going to see a jump because I think that same thing happens where everybody looks at that and goes, Hmm, you know, Julio yeah. is one of these guys that can win you a week. And I feel like that's exactly. But even, even I, like, I still like it at 15. If he gets to 15 or 12. Yeah. I'm fair with that. I'm fine with that. Uh, all right. Let's the tight end chalk is Kelsey and Gronk. I hate Gronk this week. We already talked about that yeah. less than 10% uh, Watson, Howard, Ebron, and fading Gronk this week. Uh, again, take me through the Howard love one more time. Every single week, this guy's produced. And th- look, they throw the ball a ton. Fitzpatrick loves him. He's an elite athlete at a position. I mean, this guy has potential of being a top five tight end. I agree. But, you know, his his athleticism is off the charts. Um, and, uh, you know, Cameron Brait doesn't even exist anymore. So, um that's, um, you know, he, he's just, it's hard to get consistent production out of the tight end position. And Howard's been almost like the Evan Egram of this year. He's just killed it. You're right. You know, and he's a, he's an even bigger, dangerous, more dangerous, oh, yeah. you know? So if you're talking season long or dynasty and stuff like that, going forward, OJ Howard is an entity you want to have because the tight end position's turning over year over year. Yep. You're going to see yeah. Burton next year. You're going to see OJ Howard at the top of that. You're going to see, we're starting uh, to see some of the old guard go by the wayside here. Yeah, you're going to see Hunter Henry bounce back yeah. into that grouping. It's going to be a whole. It's it's the tight end class that you're used to in the last couple of years. I can it's, see it. I can see it. It's completely yep. turning over year over year in fantasy uh, season long. All right, defense, the chalk, the Jets, Packers, Chargers, Bears. The Packers one is a fascinating one because I understand Miami's struggles. I actually kind of like that one because I feel like they had a lot of lapses in that game where they're going to beat themselves up. And I feel like they're going to in last week in that game against the Pats. I think they're going to take it out on the dolphins this week. I really do. Yeah. Uh, If they get a big lead and the dolphins are forced to chuck the ball all around the field, certainly the Packers are going to be able to kind of lean back and, you know, you know, send the pass rush and um, you know, get some turnovers. So that's, you know, that's what I I also see, um, you know, because it's not listed on here to the saints defense too, over on the FanDuel side. You know, I, I kind of feel like it's another one where the Saints defense right now is feeling strong. And and although Dalton's been, you know, started off hot and everything, he slowed down a little bit. You take away the favorite weapon. I think there's opportunity for mistakes here with the Bengals. And I feel like the Saints defense isn't getting any attention whatsoever anywhere. So I was curious what your take was on that. They're boomer bust. Um, it was at home. I'd probably feel a little bit more confident. Uh, but with it being on the road and a non-conference game, really not the angle that I'd be looking for, but right. I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. All right. Less than 10% owned. You got chiefs, Pats, bills, and Redskins uh, fading the bills, not cheap anymore. The McCown and Darnold thing. That's the thing. So who, who are your two defenses this week that you're really in love with? Give me the two, like, let's give, give me the, give me the cash game one and give me the tournament one for you. It's hard for me to get away from the bears. Um, okay. yeah. that, you know, that would be the one, um, with Matt coming back with the, the, the Stafford getting just smashed last week, clearly offensive line issues, uh, division game. It's going to be a little bit more tightly contested. I could certainly see, uh, you know, they're, they're having to go on the road The bears are a solid favorite. 
seems like the Lions are just about ready to pack it in. So I could certainly see that. Um, I think the Pats are interesting because the Titans just don't have any wide receivers right now. Pass and, rush has been better too. And I think they might force some mistakes for Mariota. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, they're not at home, they're on the road, but, uh, still yeah. they're always opportunistic too. They're a team that, that thrives. Yeah, on I think it's really hard to lay off the chiefs. Look, a 17 point favorite at home against a rookie quarterback, uh, regardless of how crappy the chiefs defense is, the Cardinals aren't even going to be able to exploit this defense. So it doesn't really matter. And we've seen the chiefs defense put up big, big points this year. So it's not all about how many points you allow. It's about how many opportunities you take advantage of. And they, they've been able to do that. All right. Last but not least, let's get to these uh, team ownerships. We're looking at the chargers leading the pack with good reason, Kansas city, right behind them, the Rams, new Orleans and green Bay. Those are your top five, but sneaking right after them is Tampa and Atlanta. Uh, we talked about both of those and even Cleveland too. There's a sweet spot there with Tampa, Atlanta, and Cleveland, where if you want to start to yep. differentiate a little bit off the chalk of the chargers and the, and the Kansas city chiefs, there's your sweet spot. There's your opportunity. And I think that's certainly a route where in, in you're showing multi-entry stuff. I think that's where you, you, you pivot for there. Am I right, Ralph? Yeah. Look, you want games that you think are going to be close back and forth. Uh, and I could certainly see that with some of those teams, uh, whereas you've got some of those blowout games potentially with chargers, chiefs and Rams. And so, you know, and the Packers. So getting those close contested games where you think it's going to be more back and forth and higher scoring is certainly where you want to play and take advantage of a lower ownership. All right. And at the bottom, you got Jacksonville and they deserve it. You got Arizona, Miami, and Buffalo. There's nothing to like there. Uh, nothing to like with the Jets either. I know there's Robbie Anderson chatter. I was like, no, no, don't. You know, Because even if it, it happens, it's just such a one-off. It just you, you can't consider that a good investment just because it's cheap. Uh, Oakland, there's another one too where it's just it's a, it's a lot of nasty bottom feeders this week in these yeah. matchups where, you know, I, I, one of them is going to be an upset. One of them will be weird. One of right. them won't go according to what they should do. But other I think than that, the one team in the bottom half of that bracket is the Jaguars. Look, their total is 22. Their ownership is low. I think that Indy Jacksonville game is very interesting and could provide value at reduced ownership this week. I agree. All right. Check out the Line Star Weekly Pylon newsletter written by Ryan Humphreys and follow Ryan at Nitro DFS. He gives you the games to target and breaks down by position and rank for players for cash and GPPs. So subscribe right now to this feature because you can only get it on Line Star if you subscribe. So again, you can follow Ryan at Nitro DFS. You can follow him at Fantasy Wrath and follow me at Joe Pizapia 17. It has been a great show today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you uh, take all this knowledge. Go get in there and get uh, some lineups built and uh, have some success because we are rocking and rolling here week 10 in the NFL. That'll do it for me and Michael Rathburn for the pre-snap. Now there's only one thing left to do, and that's set down win. Thanks for listening to the pre-snap podcast with Michael Rathburn and Joe Pizapia on the Line Star Podcast Network. Have a question? Need more advice? Join the conversation at linestarapp.com, and we'll see you back here next week. Good luck.